0: By far and away, the question that I get asked most often from clients or people who know that I'm in the social media marketing industry is, how do I get more followers to my social media channel? Or how do I get more people to like the things or share the things that I produce? The short answer to that is you can't. If anybody tells you that they can, they're probably lying. Now that's a pretty sad state, but it's true. So prepare yourself for that now. Now, having said that, there are some things that you can do to improve how many people follow you on social media and to improve the amount of people that will respond to your content. And I'm going to talk to you about that next. But just rest assured, it's going to take work. It's going to take a while, like everything else. But it's worth the wait. Stick around. Take a minute to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by me, Michael Mactier Communications, LLC, in Charleston, West Virginia, getMeMichelMack.com and the Keep It Simple Marketing Tips podcast and the Keep It Simple Marketing Tips blog. So if you like what you hear on this podcast, please give me a review or a favorite in my podcast. If you like what you hear on this podcast, go to my website and check out my marketing blog at getmechack.com. And you can find a link to my blog on there where I write about issues regarding social media marketing, brand development, career advice, and the future of artificial intelligence in the economy. So thanks for listening, and I hope that you find this content useful. Whether you realize it or not, social media has changed quite a bit in the past few years. And what were the norms of social media a few years ago aren't really the norms today and there's a few reasons for that that I'll get into for just in just a minute but let's just start off by saying that when social media particularly facebook in general became very prevalent on the scene in around 2007 2008 or even before then that it was very common for people to want to just friend everybody that they knew or were friends of friends or friends or friends of friends and it was just became a like a swap meet of trading identities and trading information and interests, and it was a real exciting time because it was so new and so fresh. They hadn't put any kind of parameters up or any kind of security measures or privacy or anything like that, and it was just a free for all that you could basically look up anybody that had a Facebook account and send a friend request, and the chances of getting a friend request, uh, you know, confirmed was pretty good. Now, obviously, there's a lot of downsides to that because it was so rickety and so uncensored and so not monetized yet that there's a lot of people on there that you ended up friending, or at least I ended up friending, that I might not have known who they were. They were a friend of a friend or they're somebody that I had met maybe once or twice or what have you. And that was just kind of the norm of Facebook at the time was just, you know, friend everybody, because more is merrier, right? The more stuff you get in your feed, the more there is to, to look at and learn and blah, blah, blah. And that was, that was the way it was. And then Twitter became a a major social media outlet uh, shortly after that, and it was the same thing. Twitter was so new and so recent, and the 140 characters and all, that it was not surprising for you to start following all kinds of entities on Twitter, because, again, the the rule of thumb was, the more people that you follow will hopefully follow you back, right? And so following back became a norm. In fact, you can still find hashtags online for follow, for follow, or follow me back or something like that. But it's really not as common anymore because the norms of social media have changed. And one of the ways that they've changed is that it became kind of overwhelming and tiresome and a bit confusing when you would continue to get content from people or sources that you didn't know or didn't care about. And so as social media kind of progressed and aged in a way, people became a little bit more choosy as to who they would follow or who they would try to pay attention to or who they knew or didn't know and, you know, really curtail their social circles to be more realistic. Uh, there was a time when I knew people had four or five, 6,000 friends on Facebook. Uh, many of them they'd never known or met. And that was just, you know, it was kind of like a race to the top. How many people can you get to follow you or to follow me or to like my stuff or what have you? It was just a, was a, as like a huge social experiment that was ongoing. Well, I say that because I want you to understand that that's the way it was, but that's not the way it is today. And it's not going to be the way it is moving forward. I've made suggestions on this podcast before. I've made suggestions in my writing on my blog that I really think that social media will be curtailed moving forward. I think that we'll see a kind of a course correction in social media in the near future and moving forward. That was going to kind of offset some of the wackiness of those early days and years of Facebook in particular and Twitter. And that we're going to find that circles are becoming more and more condensed down and boiled down to really small pockets of parties that have an affiliated interest and that they may move in and out of those pockets over time, and new people will join, and other people will leave, etc. But that it's just going to be, it's not going to be what it was. It's not going to be something where you're going to have hundreds of people or thousands of people who are going to be following you on a social media platform necessarily. It just isn't, I don't think that's the way this thing is moving at all. Now that's important for you to understand, because this is the the key to the whole thing, is that in the old days right in social media terms that means maybe five years or more uh, having as many followers as possible meant that you had credentials that you had credit that you had juice in in the the vernacular of social media you had sway and that the more people followed you meant that you must be really really something and now the trick was that everybody was following everybody and so it wasn't hard to get you know up team numbers of followers to track along behind you and to pay attention to what you're doing and due to recent security concerns particularly regarding Facebook and now with Google Plus and I've written about this my blog uh, you know we're going to see a correction too in higher security measures that people are going to be less likely to share personal information on social media they're going to be less likely to put pictures of their children online necessarily or less likely to put what their political affiliation is for fear of repercussions or backlash or something like that. So what it first turned out was starting as a really fun and neat social experiment uh, of everybody connecting at the largest and highest levels on social media in a brand new way that had never been seen before with Web 2.0. We're now seeing a collapse of that, that that window of time is collapsing and closing and it's going to become something else. And it's not going to be as, Right or fancy or sophisticated as it once was. And that's just going to be the nature of it. I think it's just part of the the course of the aging process of this platform or this way of communicating and connecting. It just is going to be different. And it doesn't mean it's going to be bad or worse, but it will definitely be different. And so I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we move forward with this and thinking about where you are with your social media. And if this is reflective, maybe you can look at your own social media uh, circles and see that you're not as uh, prolific online as maybe you once were. Maybe you're somebody who just watches other people on Facebook, but you don't add a lot of comments or value to the conversation. That's not uncommon at all. There's nothing wrong with that. You could certainly be a viewer of the life online of others on Facebook and not have to do anything yourself. Or maybe you're somebody who's extremely active and commenting and posting and sharing, you know, a couple times or multiple times a day. Who knows? But the fact is... Again, this is my professional um, prescription is that we're going to see a course correction in social media, and it is going to change the way that we interact on social media, the frequency in which we interact, and the quality of those interactions will be much, much better in the future. So just remember that it it's not going to be the free-for-all it once was, it's not going to be a big buffet, people aren't going to go crazy online, talk about themselves all the time like they did, and because of that. It's going to change the way that you follow and people follow you. Hopefully for the better if you do it right. As a sociologist, I'm really perplexed looking back on it now about how people kind of lost their minds in the early days of social media. And I was one of them. I admit that I was as bad as anybody about... When Facebook first came online and became a thing and it was apparent that, you know, everybody that I knew at that time was joining Facebook as quickly as possible and just uploading as much data about themselves onto this platform by where I went to school, where I would worked prior, all of my hobbies and interests, my favorite movies and books and music, um, anything that had to do with my personality. Um, pictures of myself all went on Facebook, and everybody else was doing the same thing. We were all just pouring all this personal data online into this platform, kind of naively thinking that we're building this online community and connecting with each other in this meaningful way, and it's really cool, and, you know, we, we're all just doing it. And for some reason, and I don't know why, but at the time it just seems so natural to not ever worry about, you know, how might this data be used against me? What if somebody hacks this platform or this platform is a private platform? What if the owners of the platform decide to uh, buy and sell my credentials and my, you know, my interest and in all and dice it up and sell it back to me? And all the things that have happened on Facebook since, uh, because we were so willing to put our, our personal lives online, all this stuff has come to pass. But at the time, it just didn't seem to be even possible that, uh, Putting all of your personal information out there like that could be a bad thing. Well, today's a new day. And I think in 2018 that people are wiser now and understanding that there is a lot of money that is made on people knowing a lot about you. That your personal information is probably the most valuable asset that somebody can find online. If they can find out about who you are, where you live, how much money they can assume that you make... What kind of car you drive, what kind of sports you follow, do you like Harold King? I mean, you name it. Anything can be used to put you into a category or a funnel or a hierarchy for digital marketers to uh, rebrand and to repackage and to reassemble and sell you back to yourself, basically. So having said all that, I think people are more savvy now. And they're not as likely or as frequent to just, you know, completely give themselves away online on platforms like Facebook and Twitter. that's part of the reason why it's harder to get followers uh, is because people are not as open to that as they used to be. You're not just going to follow somebody or take a friend request from somebody you don't know. People are more cautious today because, for good reason... Uh, They don't want to end up getting caught up in a situation that they don't want to be part of or they don't want to hear about the politics of somebody that they don't know or issues that they don't care about or a whole host of reasons. And the same thing's happening on Twitter. It's becoming harder and harder to get followers on Twitter because it's really hard to capture the attention of a user online long enough to not only make them notice you, but to make them want to keep noticing you over an extended period of time now that sounds kind of weird but i'm gonna repeat it again it's becoming harder and harder to get someone to notice you online much less want to continue to notice you repeatedly over a longer period of time now the main reason for that is because there is so much content that's being generated online every single hour of every single day i don't remember what the figures are right now but for YouTube. There are hours and hours of content being put up on YouTube every single day of every single week of every single year in perpetuity. And so the number of places that people have to get information or the number of ways they can get information is changing. And so people have so many more sources to look to to get information on whatever it is that you're trying to posit. Or they've got so many more options or competing interests for your information uh, that it's really, really hard to get yourself out in front of an audience and say, hey, look at me, look at me. You should be following me. I have really good stuff, blah, blah, blah. It just isn't as likely as it used to be. It's a very, very competitive market. It is extremely flush with data and uh, all kinds of opinions and suggestions and identities and agendas, etc. So I'll give you an example from my own life. I am working hard on trying to build a fellowship of people who are uh, worried about the artificial intelligence economy that's coming and how they can solidify their career potential in the future by locking in by building their own brand, right? Brand yourself now to ensure that when the AI economy comes, that you'll be in a position to further your career Because you've properly packaged yourself and you've properly put yourself into the market in a way that is attractive and appropriate and represents the real you to future clients and contractors and employers. That's a great idea. That's a, oh my gosh, what a great idea. So my problem is, okay, why can't I get more people to listen to the podcast? Why can't I get more people to read my blog? How is it so hard that people either don't know or don't understand that the uh, automation economy is coming and it's going to cut out thousands of people out of their jobs i'm i'm really this is for real well guess what you know i'm competing along with everybody else for your ear span for your mental capacity for your headspace whatever you want to call it uh, there are tons of podcasts out there to listen to there are tons of blogs to read i'm just one voice of many that you may subscribe to me or you may not I uh, may be somebody that you really find value in or you may not And that's just the nature of the game today, that there are many, many voices out here and that you have a plethora of consumer choice. And so because of that, it's going to become harder and harder to get people to pay attention consistently to your message over somebody else's message uh, because of the frequency is so, so great. But that's not the only thing at play, and I need you to understand that too. Now, if you're having trouble getting people to follow you or like your content, um, we've been over a couple of reasons. And one is that people are more cautious online than they were in the early days. Two is that there are so many more voices out there and so many more people who are professionally marketing themselves uh, for different reasons or their products or services. And they're all competing uh, on the same wavelengths. There's a finite number of social media platforms right now. And so... You know, that's a lot of people trying to talk to each other uh, through maybe three or four major social media channels. That's a lot. And so the amount of information coming through your Facebook, your YouTube, your Instagram, your Twitter is so so tremendous that it's impossible for those platforms to really synthesize that data and get as much of it in front of you as they can. And that's a tough task for them, but that's what they that's why we pay in the big bucks. That's what they do. Now, the other reason that you're having a hard time getting followers potentially is because, again, I'm going to go back to the old days of social media. And in the old days of social media, when there were fewer people that were broadcasting or talking or speaking or writing or et cetera, uh, and people were less cautious than they are now, they also weren't paying to sponsor their content online. They didn't have to. So if you had a good idea, it was the marketplace of ideas. If you had a good idea or you had something that was really, smart or funny or engaging or relevant you could put that online and chances were good that people would share it amongst themselves or amongst their friends or they would retweet it or they reshare it on facebook or what have you and things would get circulated a lot and then things would become viral from that or when things would go viral and people say oh my gosh have you seen the video of the kitten or dog or baby or you know insert whatever the the funny thing it is at that moment uh online You gotta go check out the YouTube video or check it out on Facebook or whatever. And so things went viral back and a short time ago because, again, one, people were more willing to share. Two, they were less cautious about what they were sharing. And three, they didn't they weren't paying for it, right? So now what you're seeing is the rise of paid content online. The Facebook in particular got really smart to this and said, Hey, we got thirty million users around the world or something. Why should we be sharing their free content when we can make them pay for it? That's a good business model. So that's how Facebook makes a lot of their money is through paid advertising on the site. So if you've noticed on your Facebook feed why some of it, so much of it appears to be things that are newsworthy or contemporary issues and not posts from your aunt, uncle, cousin, friend is because Facebook is favoring Paid content over organic content. So if you're not paying for your content to be circulated on Facebook, it's probably not going to go very far. There's a lot of people who are willing to pay to have their content uh, fed on Facebook. Now, the good news is with this is that to pay for advertising on Facebook is not terribly expensive. You can really do a fair amount of advertising on Facebook for fairly low sums. But the bad news is is that, again, everybody's paying for their content we've seen on Facebook. And so you will get your ads in front of some people, some of the time. But it's probably not going to have the same frequency or weight that you hope it would in getting to the right people at the right time. So that's kind of a mixed bag, but it's the way it is. So the other reason that you may not be getting more followers than you are today is because people are paying to place their content... And the paid ads go first. So if somebody's paying for their content ahead of you, no matter how awesome your idea is or how viral worthy it may be, if you're not paying to have it placed, it's probably not going to make it. And Or it's going to take a lot longer to get your message out there and you're going to work a little harder. Now, I'll tell you from my own experience that I don't pay for my placement. I don't. I don't pay for any ads. I don't pay for anything to broadcast my podcast or promote my blog or my, you know, future books or anything else. I'm doing this all by my own sweat of my brow and just plugging away every day and trying to get people to pay attention to my, my, my lead. Now, is it going to take me longer to get there the way I'm doing it? Yes. But the reason I'm not paying for space is because I truly believe in the marketplace of ideas. And I truly am a believer that the best content will win the day. And then if I continue to broadcast my information long enough and clearly enough and frequently enough that I will attract people who are interested in what I have to say and want to hear from me about my point of view and how they can insulate themselves from the artificial intelligence economy and hopefully save their career down the road. And if you're one of those people, then join join the board. Great. I'm Glad you're here. Uh, but there are other people who are much, much happier to just pay to get in front of bodies and are not as careful about who they get in front of or how or when and for those people that's fine too Uh, and you'll reach a lot of people but just remember that you're spending a lot of money to do it and so you're gonna get what you get out of that okay i got one more thought for you and i'm gonna wrap this up okay i want to say a couple things um, in conclusion here and one is that if your followership isn't that big don't freak out or don't think that you're not popular. It's not true. It used to be, like I said, that the bigger your followership was, the more sway you had in social media. But today, it really is about quality over quantity. The followers you have should be good followers and followers worth having, not just some lame brain out there with a social media account or a chat bot that picks you up in the drift. You want to have people that really follow you because they really appreciate and value the content that you're putting out there. So watch when you do pick up followers, see who's following you, see who follow, what kind of followers you're picking up. Are these people that you'd want to have following you? Or are they people that you would think, geez, why is that person following me? Like, I don't understand. If you're getting a bunch of followers of people who were just don't appear to have any particular interest in what you're doing, that could be a sign of problems, right? So the idea really is, That you want people to follow you because what you're putting out there is so valuable and of such interest to them that they got to keep coming back for more. Now, the other thing I want to tell you about is the timing of your social media posts. And this is so very important and something that I think most people don't really give any thought to when they're trying to post for their professional purposes. And that is your time zone. Think about the time zone you're in, the time zone you want to reach, and the time of day. All these things matter. I'll give you some very concrete examples. So, for example, I'm on the East Coast, and so everything that I'm posting is according to East Coast time. Now, I happen to want to reach people on the East Coast mostly because they're in my vicinity, but I'm open to just about anybody—anybody anybody anywhere around the world—that's hearing this podcast right now. Welcome aboard! I'm glad you're here. Send me your feedback. Uh, but really, my social media posts that I post on for Get Me Michael Mac are situated for East Coast audience. Now, let's say, for example, that I was on the East Coast, but I, my target audience was really in California and Nevada and Colorado. Well, if that case, then I would have to be more cognizant of what time were good in their states, not necessarily in my state. So, for example... Uh when you're posting social media, you'll find that you'll get a lot more response during peak hours of social media than on off hours. Now the peak hours are pretty small uh, overall in the course of the day. So if you really want to get a response, you need to be posting around lunchtime. So for the East Coast, that'll be between twelve and one PM. And then in the evening between, say, 6 and 9 p.m. Those are the times that people are most likely to be on social media when they're taking a break from work or they're taking a break from their family or they have an extra minute where they're waiting for something else to happen and they'll jump online and see what's going on. Those are great times to post if you're going to post organically and not pay for your advertising online because those are the times that people are automatically looking at content and are more likely to be ready to be engaged with content. They will be more likely to want to like or to share, etc. So, to reinforce this point, uh, since I'm on the East Coast, I post my content at lunchtime for East Coast time and in the evening for East Coast time. If I was on the East Coast and I was trying to reach California or Nevada or Colorado, I'd have to be posting at times it was their lunchtime and their evening time, not mine. That may be helpful to you if you're posting things at 1 in the afternoon every day or at 4 p.m. and not understanding why you can't get more traction is because nobody's online at that time. And because of that, you're just not going to get the number of eyeballs. When you post something, it has a shelf life of about 20 minutes before it gets buried under with everybody else's posts. So that's about the best you could hope for is that somebody might see something that you've posted that's relevant to them in a very, very short period of time. And that's the end of that. So just kind of keep that in mind and don't give up. Don't don't ever stop doing what you're doing. Uh, you may not see the results that you want right now, but they will come. They really will. So keep posting on social media. Keep adding value to the conversation. Uh, if you're on social media, send me your social media credentials. Email me at getmemichaelmack at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at GetMeMichaelMac or on Instagram at GetMeMichaelMac. And uh, I might follow you back, no guarantees. Okay, that is all for uh, the podcast for now. I hope that you found this information uh, useful and relevant. I know it wasn't super, uh, it was kind of a downer in a way because I kept on telling you what isn't going to work. But it's also important to be realistic. You know, it'd be one thing if I came on here and told you that You know, you can increase your following fivefold in five easy steps or something. It just wouldn't be true. And I'm not on here to blast you with a bunch of nonsense. I'm really trying to give you good practical advice from somebody who does this for a living. So take it for what it's worth. Experiment with your social media. Experiment with trying to get more followers. One of the things that you can do, and this is just a last practical tip, if you haven't unfollowed some people recently, go ahead and pare down the number of people that you follow unfollow some people and see if that doesn't change up your algorithm a little bit sometimes if you haven't unfollowed people for a while the platform thinks that you're boring or something and it will kind of put you towards the back of the line so go ahead and pare down your follow list and if you're following a bunch of people like if you're following way more people than are following you then you're in big trouble so make sure that you cut down that following list and curtail it back down to something that's realistic for your channel. Okay, that's all I have for now. Uh, stay tuned for more. Check out my blog at GetMeMichaelMac.com. If you have any comments or feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please contact me at getmeMichaelMac@gmail.com at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at GetMeMichaelMac.com. I absolutely love hearing from you. I love hearing your suggestions. And especially if you're doing something that's working for you, Or if you've tried something that you heard on this podcast that's working for you, please let me know. I would love to share in your success. Until then, be cool.